Uh, welcome back to the Between the Lines podcast. Today we have the pleasure of being joined by Ryan Davis. Ryan joined Maryland's football head coaching head coach Michael Loxley staff as the director of football strength and conditioning in January of 2019. Davis comes to College Park after spending the prior four seasons as the head football strength and conditioning coach at Colorado State. He arrived at CSU from Samford, where he spent the 2012 through 2014 seasons. Davis spent his first year at Samford in 2012 as the football strength and conditioning coach before being promoted to director of strength and conditioning. Um, we're, we're, super to have, we're super happy to have you here with us, and uh, we'll... get started um tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself that i may have missed uh, how did your upbringing lead you to become a motivator and a coach at umd man what a loaded question that is well first of all thank you for the uh introduction and i think uh what you guys are doing here is pretty unique so i'm i'm happy to be a part of this and hopefully people get something out of it but um so something you missed um i this is my 14th season I think it's my 14th season going into um, I'm originally from New Jersey so I, I grew up uh, playing football there I went to Rowan University in South Jersey and um, did my graduate work down at the University of West Florida in uh, Pensacola Florida and then um, have, have kind of been a few different places uh, I know you hit the the Sanford I, I spent a little bit of time at the University of Louisville and I was at um, the University of Alabama on two different stints in 2009 and once from uh, 10 to 12. So um, I've been fortunate to work for some really great people. Uh, I've been really, really blessed to have some people in my life that um, have, have helped me get to where I'm at. And um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I love the platform that I have and, and the opportunity that I get to coach these guys and and help develop young men in, in the sport that uh, has done so much for me and so much for my family. Awesome. Well, you kind of mentioned some of the stuff that um, inspires you. Um, so, so how do you use that to help your players and, and get the most out of your players? You know, well, we talk, uh, people use the word motivate a lot. And I hope, I always say that I hope to be an inspiration to the players. You know, motivation comes and goes. Um, it wears off. And, and what we do, you know, we play a gladiator sport. These guys are a part of a sport that's really tough. Um, it's demanding physically and it's demanding mentally and it's, it's really not for the faint of heart. So what you find is most people have to have, you know, they've got to have some type of purpose in being a part of this game, especially nowadays. And so for me, what it comes down to is in the opportunity to develop these guys, you know, they always say hindsight is 2020. And, you know, I, like I said, I've been fortunate to be around some really special people in this game. And, um, you know, with that comes the ability to have some information and have some things where you can help develop guys, not only on the field, you know, but off the field. I always tell them if they go to the NFL or they go to start a business, whatever it is that they're going to be a part of when they leave, when they come back to me, if the only thing we're talking about is reps and sets and we didn't do our job, me, my staff, we just... We did not do our job because we have we have a platform that allows us to do so much more than that. Um, you mentioned developing players on and off the field. 
do you have a mindset or philosophy that influences your coaching style? I, you know, we always talk about the 1%. This is something for me that's, that's critically important. It's how I try to live my own life. You know, and I tell our players all the time, I don't need you to be perfect in what we're doing. I just need you to improve on what you did yesterday. I need us to be better than yesterday. So, you know, that mindset is, the, is one of the biggest pieces that I hope they take from here when they're done playing. You know, but it's, it essentially says, I want people to be intentional about being uncomfortable. You know, everything we do in a society, everything we do as human beings is we search for comfort. When it's cold outside, we try to get warm. When it's hot, we try to get cold. When we're thirsty, we look for water. Every single thing we do is really geared around us being comfortable. So if we can teach our guys and we can teach the people in our program to be intentional about the time you're uncomfortable throughout the day, you know, at the end of the day, that's what I think is a piece that really helps us. And I think it's a piece that really helps them grow off the field. You know, you three guys are doing something that's pretty unique right here. And Who's to say how you guys will benefit from this individually or collectively, but our stories are different. The one thing that I can promise you is that at some point you're going to face adversity and how you handle that adversity is going to be a direct reflection of how you grow from it. Um, when the going gets tough as it does in a, in a long football season, uh, what do you tell your players about a mindset when uh, you're handling this adversity and overcoming these challenges throughout the season? You know, the first question, and it's, it's the same question I would pose to you guys, is what can you control? All right. In every situation, there's things that you can control in it. So to an extent, we need to almost learn to compartmentalize a little bit um, to where, like, if I'm in the classroom, then that's the greatest thing that I can affect in that particular moment is what's going on in the classroom. I can't affect what happened in my lift, or my training session for the day. I can't affect what happened in practice. In that moment, my greatest effect can be where my feet are. And so what can you control about your current situation and your current circumstance? Uh, and those are the things that will say things like, that's where you need to dominate your space. Right now, this is what I can control. This is where my mind is. And this is what I can be better at. This is where I can grow. Um, so when you face adversity, it's about what can you control in that situation? And that's a direct reflection of how you're going to respond to that situation. You know, there's a difference between reacting and responding. You know, re reacting is emotional. Responses are calculated and it gives us a chance to really think about how we're gonna move forward through that situation. And then I think the last piece to it is when you look at tough things that you go through in life, most of the time when you go through those tough things, those are the things where you really get an opportunity to grow. And you get to the other end of those things and you say, what did I take from this? How am I better from this? Usually those aren't situations that don't make you better. They're usually the ones that, that allow you to grow because it gets you outside your comfort zone. Awesome. Well, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, the resulting, resulting impacts to your mindset and, and how that can help build in future success. Um, but you also said, um, success is measured in, in the relationships you build. Um, how is ha having important relationships with your players on a personal level, personal level, um, you know, relates to, to play on the field? Well, I, I think this is a perfect example of this, Michael. And I think when you look at what you guys are doing right now, this is, this is really cool, right? You guys got a podcast, you're, you're involved in this, but look at this, there's three guys up here. It's very seldom in life that we get things and we gain things on our own. 
So our first principle at the University of Maryland is that success is built on relationships because nobody got where they are by themselves. You know, all of us had an opportunity from somebody or somebody believed in us or they trusted in us enough. You know, at times, it's usually somebody else that believes in you more than you believe in you. It's something that sparks to say, you know what, I can do this. And so I, I firmly believe that success is built on relationships because there's nothing that I've accomplished on my own. There's nothing that I've ever done on my own that's of any significance, not one thing. Um, continuing somewhat on the path of relationships, Maryland football, um, continuing on the path of relationships, Maryland football has kind of, their culture has really changed over the past few years. Their first winning season since 2014 and a really dominant bowl win um, the, these past few weeks. How can you describe how the culture and mindset has helped change this team and improve them? Well, I mean, I think that's where things start with, in my opinion, you know, and I, I think right now our team understands that they're better together um, and, and they're stronger together. And I think it's shown in the way that they're willing to, to prepare. I think it's shown in the way that they're willing to commit to Coach Loxley's process and the things that he's got in place for us to do uh, in order to be successful. And, and that's what I think you get to see when you look at the way this team finished because that, you know, for the first bowl game in seven years, I think it was the first bowl win in 11. Um, we saw it in the preparation together every day. And so I, I think that has helped us tremendously to understand that we're better when we're together. Um, th this was also a team that kind of went through some adversity uh, earlier in the year. How did that how do you think that affected their mindset going forward, continuing on with the season and continuing to win and be successful? You know, I think it goes back to what I just told you guys. This team looks at those things as, as opportunities to grow. When you don't get the result that you want to get, it doesn't mean that you have to have a wholesale change in your process. It means that you got to go back and look at what you can do, you know, to change that. And I think these guys took it as a challenge and, the challenge every week was we want to we want to be the best version of us and then we want to grow next week we want to be better for next week and I think they really took that approach and they took that opportunity uh, every week to try to get better and improve individually and collectively so when you got a, when you have a guy um, a freshman coming in you know maybe a four, three or four star recruit that that maybe doesn't buy into this mindset immediately and you know thinks they can get everywhere on their own because of, you know, they're so sealed, talented, et cetera. What do you, what do you say to them to kind of bring them back to earth or, or to get them to buy into what, to what you guys have to offer? Well, we're going to, we're going to coach every person on the team. We call it relentless positivity and that's not sunshine and rainbows. That's just making sure that we're coaching the action and not criticizing the character. And I think there's a difference in those things, but you know, when you start to build a culture where guys start to buy into those things and they start to buy into the process, honestly, the ones that don't are like, they're like flashing lights in the program. It's like a big blinking light. I want to do things differently. And most of the time, you know, what will happen is it doesn't take long for a person to figure out that, you know what, I can't do this on my own. And there are people around me that are committed to the process of doing this that are getting the result that I want to get where there are people around me that are getting better and that are improving because they are committed to the process. And so, you know what, 
let me be able to commit to it too. And the best form of pressure is peer-to-peer pressure. It's not coach to player. You know, the best form of pressure is when it's player to player. And I think that's, that's one of the areas that we've been able to grow in quite a bit um, since I've been here. And I, I think it's a testament to the guys that we're bringing in and the guys that are a part of this program. So I, I want to move a little bit more to uh, the fitness and the uh, program side of things. Um, going back a little bit uh, to your days at Samford, uh, can you tell me about the fourth quarter offseason program that you implemented there? What would you like to know about it? Just an overview. Um, I, I read good things about it. And I was just interested about uh, how you came up with it and sort of just the results and the goals that you uh, set out to achieve with it. So I, I, I think the first way that I'm going to answer this is always giving credit where credit is due. And that, you know, that program was really a skeleton and an outline of the things that we were able to do when I was at the University of Alabama. And they always say success leaves clues. And, and you know, I know they, they had a, obviously a big game last night and didn't come out on the winning end, which I thought, you know, both programs was an incredible game. And it's a lot of good competition there. And when you look at the staffs in both places, there are a lot of common faces that were at the University of Alabama when I was there. And my boss, my current boss, um, Mike Loxley, spent time with Coach Saban at the University of Alabama. And, and that's a lot of um, you know what we do is derived from that that skeleton or the things that that we both learned when we were there. Um, so, what that program is designed to do is really to to it's obviously designed for you to be bigger, stronger, and faster physically, but it's designed to challenge you mentally. Um, it's designed to bring you together. So, you know we we talk about coming together through shared adversity. Um, I don't think there's any part of, of that program that's very easy. And I think the things that student athletes are able to learn through that is bigger than just the reps and sets or, or the drills or the stations or whatever it is that we're doing. I, I think it centers more around team and I think it centers more around overcoming adversity. Well, well we were kind of talking about what, what you do to motivate your team, but I want to talk about what inspires you. What do you, what do you think the biggest thing that inspires you to, to get up and be the, um, the Maryland head strength conditioning? You know what? The, the biggest thing that inspires me right now is about two feet tall and he's about 22 or 23 pounds. And that's, that's my one-year-old. Um, you know, my wife and I had our son last year in December and um, everybody always tells you this, but when, when you have them, it completely changes your why. Um, you know, and, and for me, it's probably changed me a little bit more as a coach because I look at things differently. My son has a lot of uncles. He's got a lot of uncles around with these guys that I get to coach every day. And, um, you know, I, I want to do things to be able to open doors and opportunities for him. You know, the other thing is, is, is with coaching, what makes this profession really unique is people lend you their children. That's essentially what they're doing. And it takes a village to raise them. And so for anywhere from two to five years, you know, we get an opportunity to be an influence in somebody's life. The things we say, the things we do, the things we demand of them. And those are the things people remember. They remember how you treat them, right? They remember um, all those challenges that they got to overcome while they were with you. 
They remember the camaraderie in the room. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of things some of the classes here that I've, I've been a part of will say, but they're not going to talk about the training. They're going to talk about the time, you know, one of the players took a fire extinguisher out and, and set the fire extinguisher off in the middle of a lift in camp and how that was like the perfect morale booster when we needed it. You know, they're, they're going to talk about things like that. So um, those things really inspire me and they motivate me. And, and for that, I'm inspired to kind of follow people who have, who have made a positive investment and impact in my own life. And so it's, it's kind of this revolving door, right? You want to always challenge yourself to grow. You want to always challenge yourself to be better. Um, and the same things that I ask of my athletes, I actually ask of my son. And I ask all the time, I say, hey, listen, just uh, I, in this process, I'm going to need a little bit of grace and I'm going to need a little bit of forgiveness because I'm not going to do everything right. I'm not going to say all the right things, but I'm, I'm human too. Um, and I think that vulnerability also helps with, with some of that inspiration to always want to do better. Um, you, you mentioned you're having a son and these relationships that have kind of affected your, uh, your philosophy. Has there been a, like a coach or a mentor that has also affected you and oh, man. Uh, helped make you the, the leader and the motivator that you are today? You know what? I, I've had quite a few of them over the days, um, some inside of football and, and some out of football. But, you know, one of my biggest mentors is he's in campus recreation in, in, at the University of Georgia, you know, and, and he's been unbelievable. I have another coach at West Florida. It's been great to me. My, one of my mentors directly in the field, um, you know, Scott Cochran is at the University of Georgia now and Terry Jones is at the University of Alabama. But these are these are all people that are kind of regular checks and balances and, and whether it's people that you want to emulate as a coach or is it somebody that you want to emulate as a man or somebody that you want to emulate as a parent, you kind of try to have all those things really close to you so that people can be honest with you and hold you accountable in the things that you say you want to do. You know, I want to be a great father. And so I better have some great father figures around me. I want to be, I want to be a great coach. So I better have some great people around me who have made that same type of impact uh, or influence on me over the years. And I, like I said, I've been really fortunate and really blessed to be around some of those people. I worked for the, the late, great Pat Sullivan at the University of at, uh, Sanford University. You know, he was like a father figure to me. Um, a lot of what, a lot of the system I learned, I had the opportunity to learn it from Coach Saban. You know, so in my career, although I haven't been in this thing for 20 or 25 years, but I've had the opportunity to be around some really great people that have had a huge impact on me as a coach, as a man, and as a person. So I have one final question for you. Uh, Let's do it. This is, this is a little greedy on the, for the three high school athletes here, but if you could turn back time and talk to yourself as a high schooler, uh, as a high school athlete, uh, what advice would you give them? You know, my, my high school coach still comes to almost every home game. He drives down from Jersey and he follows me. And I know he follows a, a bunch of, uh, of former players that are out doing different things now. And he was at our bowl game this year. And I, I actually, I told my wife that like, he'll never know how much it means to me that he's still like, he's still invested in me, right? He's still pouring into me because when he comes to games, when he follows, it, it's amazing to me. 
And sometimes when we lose, he knows just the right thing to say and just the right text to send. And when we win, he knows just the right thing to say to keep me grounded. So if I could go back and do it again, I would have told the 16, 17 or 18 year old version of myself to put more into those relationships. Like I would have listened more. I would have been less of a hard head with him and I would have taken my own advice. When I'm at practice, that's where I'm gonna be. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put everything in that being at practice. When I'm training, I'm gonna put everything into training. So I guess it would be limiting distractions so that I can enjoy the moment that being a, a high school athlete gave me. I was hard-headed. I know I probably wasn't the easiest to coach. Uh, at times I felt like I had all the answers. And to be honest with you guys, I wasn't very good. If I, was, <laughs> if I was a better athlete, I probably would have been a position coach. I'm a strength coach for a reason. So I think I would have put more into the relationships and I, I would have tried to enjoy more of what I was doing. I also would have I had a coach on my team that used to try to get me to wrestle. And at the time he was our quarterbacks coach. He's now the head wrestling coach at Rutgers University. And what I see now is how wrestling has helped so many football players that I've trained. And I would have not brushed him off and been like, you know what? I'll be a multi-sport guy instead of just lifting all the time and training all the time. Yeah, that, I definitely take uh, those messages into our, to our own sports, especially with the uh, being coachable and listening to other people. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's all we got for you. Uh, but we just wanted to thank you for being here with us today. Well, guys, awesome. I really appreciate you, man. You guys are at, you got it at a young age, man. You're making an impact right now. I think what you're doing is awesome. And if we can ever do anything to help you with the University of Maryland, let us know. Don't be afraid to reach out. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a good one. You, you too. too.